Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the double L team, Lyle and... What's And... Ernst! <laughs> what am I like, doing here? Ernst is like fiddling with the microphone. There you, there you go. I think, I think that's all right. This thing keeps moving. Uh, yeah, I'm not we'll, quite sure what's look, going Look, we'll on work there. it out in the break. But Ernst, thank you for being here this morning. Mate, it's my pleasure. And Lyle, thank you for being here this morning. Well, well after it's, um, like, I, 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 I to be here. I'm not sure whether it's my pleasure or not. <laughs> I couldn't even recognize you when I walked in the studio. I was Just like, a skeleton of my former who self. Who is this right? guy? No, I'm like, is that the former host of Faith FM? <laughs> He's still hallucinating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. What are you grateful for this morning, Lyle? Uh, I'm grateful that... Um, I'm grateful for my immune system this morning. Put uh, it that way. That you're... It's been working It's hard. working. It's working. Yeah, praise the Lord. There's lots yes. of people who can't say that. That's why I'm here. You can. Awesome. That's amazing. You look like death warmed up, mate. Yeah, well, you know, I had a bit of a... Uh, <laughs> had a bit of a rough trot with the, with the old COVID, but we're getting there. Here's, good to see you, man. Good, definitely good to see you. And and by the way, Lyle is here legally. You know, he's not he's not breaking any. You know, he's he's had COVID for long enough, but then he's just also still still struggling. Today is day eight, so apparently after day seven, you're allowed out again. Yeah, that's mm. right. That's right. So I've I have left the building, the yep. home, and now I drove down the road, which was kind of unusual. Yeah. Oh, dude, the week. first time driving the car and, you know, were you like swaying all over the place or are you keeping it dead straight? or Dead straight down the road. Oh, praise the Lord. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Here on The Breakfast Show on Faith FM is time for our quiz. Lawson, go for it. All right. First clue for the quiz. Who am I? I lived in the Valley of Sorek. I lived in the Valley of Sarek. If you know who that is, 0491-064-669 is the number to call. And you can go in the drawer, if you answer correctly, to win our weekly prize. If you are the first person in, you actually get two entries into the quiz. And I think that's that's pretty difficult. Just, I'm from the Valley of Sarek. That's a pretty difficult clue. And that will definitely warrant you two entries to the quiz if you're the first person in. Um, but our prize for this week, which we have been promoting, the Bible Study Companion set, Conflict of the Ages. This is a set of incredible commentaries and books, which all of us here in the studio have read and love dearly, mm. and would love to give to you. This is a beautifully printed, amazing set, and you'll get it absolutely for free. All you have to do is answer the quiz question correctly, and... Or when you text us, make sure you say, may I enter the quiz? It's a may I quiz. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. So what's happening in the world of positively different news? Positively different news. Oh, man, I got some some news from all over the place. I think I'll, I'll start with the maybe the most interesting and amazing news first. And that is that, so unfortunately, there's this thing called cancer and it exists brings a lot of people's lives to an end and it's really sad and really awful specifically you know there are all different kinds of cancers there's one cancer that is called skin cancer and yeah skin cancer affects a lot of people my grandmother passed away because of skin cancer i have some i have a friend at the moment who is currently going through therapy dealing with skin cancer right now it is really really tough but to detect skin cancer usually they do skin biopsies Um, which is where they kind of lacerate the skin and take out some tissue and test that tissue and come to a conclusion as to whether it is cancerous or not. But some researchers from the Stevens Institute of Technology have created a device that means that in 80%, 
80 to 90% of cases, you won't even have to do skin biopsies. You can just straight up scan the skin and all of a sudden, you know whether this person has skin cancer or not. That's pretty cool. So how this works is very similar to, you know, when you go to like air support or airport security, but they don't really have this at airport security, but they have this at certain securities. You know how they have like the wand, like the magnetic wand that they run over you. And when they run it over you, you know, if they find something metal and it goes beep, 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 and then, you know, they tackle you to the ground and steal all your stuff, something like that. Uh, They've basically created a similar thing uh, that uses uh, these millimeter wave rays to detect whether someone has skin cancer and that is because cancerous tissues reflect different millimeter wave rays than regular skin tissue and so as a result if you scan this person you can basically see with the scanner whether you know what kind of rays are bouncing off their skin and the way that it's reflecting and you will come to a conclusion whether this person has cancerous cells and so this is amazing because yeah firstly no, no need for biopsy. Secondly, yeah, it's just a super easy and quick process. Because this is also like a handheld tool as well that's relatively easy to build, it is cheap, it can go to many different places, and they can diagnose people almost immediately. As I said, between 80 and 90% of cases, they can diagnose whether you have skin cancer just from you know a minute of scanning around the skin. So this is fantastic news in the medical space and should definitely... Uh, help for you know early prevention and those kinds of things in other news i covered a story a couple months ago i talked about in south korea how they've got a lot of coastline there it's a lot it's all like really jaggedy and kind of unused and in that coastline they'd been just sitting big solar panels because they had all this free space they just chuck massive solar panels in there that are you know connected back to the shore and they just float around and I covered that uh, a couple months ago. But now Europe has caught on to the idea. And in like a lot of dams in Portugal, they're just making these giant solar panel grids that are literally like the size of soccer fields. It makes more sense to me in a dam because it's a much less you know, corrosive environment right. than the ocean. That's correct. You could see them lasting a lot longer. That's right. So they're just chucking them down in the dams. Like, as I said, these things are massive, like big enough to like, you could you could run across these things. Yeah, well, if they're as big as a soccer field, I'm sure you could play soccer on it, except like then you would jump and smash the glass and break the solar panels. But and look- cut your leg off. That's and- like my dream, okay? Like, I just want to play basketball <laughs> in the middle of a lake on a big solar plant panel, like- With, left- with a moving surface, you know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I can see this going badly. Yeah, I, I, I believe it can take place. But apparently this uh, these solar panels right now that are mounted on pontoons that are a bit as big as soccer pitches um, are equipped with uh, lithium-ion bat- batteries to store up to 1.5 gigawatts of energy, which is a lot. Uh, and by, yeah, 2030, they're wanting to implement these things all around Europe, these big solar panels. And uh, if they do implement them all around Europe, they can, you know, definitely make their way towards, um, yeah, net zero and being able to power Europe just from the sun, which would be awesome. They should just, let's just put solar panels everywhere. Just put solar panels on my car. Just put solar panels on my backpack. You know, just, I don't know. Put one on your hat. Put one, put a solar panel on my, actually, I remember being young, actually, and seeing a guy with a hat that had a fan in it. Like the bill had a fan in it that pointed back at his face, and on the top of the hat, it had a solar panel running the fan. Running the fan, mm. and so he would go out in the sun, and it would be like boiling hot, and he would just like have the fan going, and then he mounted a button to it with like a with like a uh, oh what's what's the word like some kind of 
thingy, um, like a container that had water in it, and so he could press a button, and then it would spray water through the fan into his face. And it's all solar powered. So not just a fan, he had air conditioning. Yeah. In his hat. In his solar hat. powered. Solar powered air conditioning in his hat. Mm. And also bug repellent as well. That's <laughs> correct. Because if a you know yeah. if a fly comes by, it's gonna, it's gonna get cut up with those fan blades and, and I saw this fly and you know what? I like, saw, I saw this guy <laughs> fly bugs guts all over stop, your face. Stop it's the breakfast show laugh. And it's pointing at your face but, too. You know what's interesting? So, I saw this guy's hat when I was like eight. fan, food. The whole lot, there right? Should, oh, there should be like another container on the side. You know the ones that run like the straw in as well. You, you chuck a chuck a bottle in there, a bottle of water. Oh man, you would just be. You'd have like the world's heaviest but most functional hat. <laughs> Seriously, but solar is the is the answer. Like I, this person's hat existed when I was like eight years old, and I'm like, if we could do that, then why can't we power the whole world? Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Moving on, uh, finally, I have a, just a funny story coming out of the uh, the Mars rover project. Obviously, it's it's over there. It's getting around. It's looking at rocks. It's losing rocks. We covered a story about that. And there's some pictures that have actually came come from the Mars rover, these, like, really high-quality pictures of it, like, turning back and looking at its tracks after it's, like, driven around some rocks. And, uh, yeah, people have been kind of going... It's going, been going viral. People are saying, like, basically the Mars rover has been creating Zen Gardens in on Mars because its tracks looks like, you know, the way that the tracks are... Because it's running on tracks, it's not running on wheels, it leaves these, like, indentations in the ground that looks exactly like if you've ever seen, like, a Zen garden or, like, a bonsai tree or something like that planted. It looks exactly the same. And so I saw this this morning, I was like, wow, that's that's super cute. And then it made me go, well, that would... Uh, that's my dream, to build a Zen garden on Mars. That That's... Uh, that's that. I know that's a lofty aspiration that I'll probably never meet in my life. Lofty is the word. But I think it would definitely, it definitely like I would, I'd be pretty, I'd be pretty stoked. Uh, but anyways, guys, this has been the good news this morning. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We're about to go into more serious news. Before we do, we have another clue for our quiz. Mm, the only place you can read about me is in the 16th chapter of Judges. If you know who is in the 16th chapter of Judges, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text, and you will go into the draw to win the Bible Study Companion Conflict of the Ages boxed set. We will give it to you absolutely for free, provided your name is pulled from the draw, provided you have an entry in the draw because you answered the quiz correctly. So 0491-064-669, the only place you can read about me is in the 16th chapter of Judges. We had a guess for... Balaam that came through from the last clue, which I thought was a good good guess, but not in Judges. So. Good guess, but absolute failure. Sorry. Uh, do better next time, please. Uh, 0491 <laughs> What do you reckon, Ernest? Do you know the answer to this one? Uh, I think I actually do. He's got it sorted. Okay. Yeah, I think I do. Yeah, I think I know the answer. Uh, I know the answer. Uh, well, good for you. Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make a joke about the fact that the card's in front of me, so of course I know the answer. But you know, Lyle just knows the answer anyway. So anyway, moving to more serious news, uh, let's head over to Ethiopia Laws, and a place that's very close to our heart. You and I have been there and ministered there. We've been hearing a lot about the violence in the north, mm. uh, in the Tigray region, which has been, mm. you know, uh, 
ethnic violence and so forth, uh, ideological violence has been taking place, and that's died down largely um, over the last few months. But now there's been a new wave of violence that has been erupting around Amhara, which is the more central area, mm. which is closer to the capital. So far there's uh, 30 people dead and about 578 arrested. And this all arose around land disputes and became then an argument between the Islamic minority and the Christian majority. Mm. Christians turned up uh, in force, heavily armed, attacked an Islamic funeral, uh, and you can understand how this went very, very badly downhill from there. Are you serious? That is like, that is tragic. Yes, this is the worst the worst kind of violence that you know you can imagine is because once religions get involved fighting each other mm. and it's just yeah it, it's terrible so we need to be mm. praying for the situation in Ethiopia it seems that they move from one form of violence to another mm. uh, heading across to Hong Kong we've just had the uh, national security police on Wednesday arrested Cardinal Joseph Zen mm. so he's the highest ranking Roman Catholic there he's about 90 years old and he ran a used to run a it's been disbanded a humanitarian fund for protesters. So basically, the democracy protesters. Uh, this fund was to provide for their families and to provide for their legal bills and mm. so forth. That was disbanded quite some time ago. Uh, but Zen has for a very long time been an advocate for democratic causes in Hong Kong and mm. in China. Uh, of course, that's going to get a very big target placed on you in a place like China. And so he's been arrested for being in collusion with foreign forces. Yeah. Well, kind of hard if you're Roman Catholic to not be having something to do with the Vatican, which that's is a so foreign true. government. <laughs> that's foreign so government. true. One of the disadvantages to being Roman Catholic is that your church is actually a state uh, as well. It's a country. It's a country. Yeah. And you have allegiance to that particular country as mm. well as to the country that you live in. Mm. Um, so he was one of five guys who were arrested. They're all trustees of the 612 Humanitarian Relief Fund. Mm. Um, and, of course, they were helping uh, the pro-democracy um, protesters from 2019, etc. Okay, moving across to the United States, and it seems like as soon as I have some time away Wow, all the big stories happen. Mm-hmm. Yep, Soz. We, we cover it, them. It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the the Supreme Court leaks on abortion? Yeah. While I'm away? Yeah. What's with that? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, we've had the, the very first stirrings of domestic terrorism related to this particular issue. Oh, wow. Um, taking place in Wisconsin where a pro-life advocacy advocacy group in Wisconsin, um, their headquarters were graffitied on the outside and a Molokov cocktail thrown through the window, which caught the place on fire. Mm. Um, and this was carried out by a group. It's been, uh, the responsibility has been claimed by a group called Jane's Revenge, mm. which is a domestic terrorist organisation, uh, pro-choice uh Domestic terrorist organization. Yeah. That's why it's called Jane's Revenge, right? Because it's like Jane Roe, like from Roe versus Wade. Yeah, I guess so. I'm, I I'm, guess so. That's what I'm assuming. I, I, would, so, I would assume so. And so they're taking down, they're taking names in the the pro pro life, <laughs> you know, organizations. And whatnot. okay, so they're vowing to carry out future attacks uh, if their uh, pro life counterparts do not disband. 
So it's a pretty strong statement. <laughs> uh, wow. So they, yeah, they painted all over the outside of this place and then threw a uh, Molotov cocktail through the window, which set it on fire. And in their statement claiming responsibility, they said war has been upon us for decades, that they did not want to provoke it, but it was provoked, uh. Uh, that they have been attacked for asking for basic medical care. Mm. So they feel that they've been violently attacked by the leak from the Supreme Court. Mm. And for too long, they said, we have been shot, bombed and forced into childbirth without consent. So they've been forced to bring life to the world and so now they're going to respond uh-huh. to that by bringing death to the world. Uh-huh, yep. Wow. It's just a little bit crazy how desperate people are. The level of desperation that there is. Uh-huh. To take the life of unborn children uh-huh. is just absolutely staggering, mm-hmm. and uh, the the length that people to go. Of course, this this was stated that this was only a warning. Um, they're demanding the disbanding of um, all anti-choice establishments across the United States, and they're just gonna just gonna light places on fire until they get it. That's 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 what the claim is. Wow, protecting women. Yes, like I I love. Uh, okay, I'm being really sarcastic, but that's uh, yeah. It's just they're, they're claiming violence and causing more violence. That's wild. Yeah, and they're claiming that uh, there'll be more attacks within the next thirty days. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's not a mere difference of opinion, as someone ha- some have framed it. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they say we're literally fighting for our lives. We will not sit still while we are killed and forced into servitude. Wait a minute. Remind me again in this debate who's doing the killing? Yeah. And and who's forcing them like who's yeah, yeah, who's killing them and who's forcing them into servitude? And now they they their response is like, "Oh, well, like the servitude of parenthood. That's what we're being forced into." Well, we, we, we like, need to remember that we we need to remember, yeah, we need we, we're forced into having the uh the, the most incredible beautiful thing that there is on the planet. Mm-hmm. A, a baby, a child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, somehow that's a disaster. Now, I understand that there's extreme circumstances yeah. out there, and I also understand that there are many um, women out there who have made decisions that they regret and feel mm. bad about. And if you fall into that category and that this story is something that triggers things for you, 131114 is the lifeline number, and give that number a call. There's always going to be people, be people that can support you. But, you know, the, just look, just continuing on with this story, you know, they state we have run out of mercy for those who seek to strip us of what little autonomy we have left. Wow. Yes, a medical imperialism will not face a passive enemy, they said. Wisconsin is the first flashpoint, but all over the US. Um, and that uh, this is a. Um, we will issue no further warnings. We will not stop. We will not back down. We will not hesitate to strike until the inalienable right to manage our own health is returned to us. Well, the inalienable right to take the life of others is what they're actually saying there. Mm-hmm. And the inalienable right to manage your own health is already in your hands um, because that's right. you do not need to get pregnant. There are ways of not getting pregnant. Uh-huh. Fairly simple ones. Mm-hmm. And if you want to have a child, then, you know, we, we know how that, that, that whole thing works. And the other thing, too, is that abortion is not being made illegal in the United States. We need to remember this. Yes. Oh, totally. Mm. You know, it's just not a guarantee under the Constitution mm-hmm. if this particular 
um, opinion passes through the Supreme Court. Yeah, Roe Roe versus Wade can be overturned, and then a state can just absolutely decide, like, oh, we want like full time abortion abortion. to birth or abortion even till after birth. Yeah, because there are many places that do that. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that uh, Western Europe is nothing like as pro-abortion as America. America is one of the leading countries. Uh, on this issue. And the other thing that's interesting is that the majority of people who are pro-life are women. Mm. You know, these are interesting facts that we need to take note of in this uh, debate. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It's The Breakfast Show here. We're about to have our interview of the day before we do. Another clue for our quiz, Lawson. All right, number four, uh, number three. Clue number three. I was paid for finding out the means to subdue one of the judges of Israel. Hmm, this person, they're from the Valley of Sarek. You can read about them in the book of Judges. And then they're paid to to find out the means to subdue one of the judges as well. 0491-064-669 is the number to call if you know the answer. If you call or text that answer with... Uh, that number with the correct answer, you can win. You can go into the draw to win our Bible study companion set, the uh, Conflict of the Ages box set. Amazing commentaries on the life of Jesus, on you know some of the stories we've been covering in our Twenty Million Movement Bible study. But zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text, and make sure you say "May I enter the quiz" as you text as well. But again, that question was: I was paid for finding out the means to subdue one of the judges of Israel. Well, joining us on the phone this morning is Dr. Mark Harwood from the from Creation Ministries. Dr. Mark Harwood, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Lyle. Great to be here. We are very much looking forward to hearing what you've got to say about creation this morning. I understand we're talking about the moon, and uh, the moon's a bit of a problem. I understand the moon doesn't actually exist. Is that right? Well, yes. It really poses a problem for those who take a naturalistic view of the origin of our universe. You know, scientists who... Um, believe that the universe happened without a divine creator, without God, have tried to figure out what is the origin of the moon. And they've come up with uh, a variety of different suggestions. In fact, the, the Apollo moon missions were largely driven by the desire to work out which one of the three then current theories was right. And it turned out when they got the samples of moon rocks back to Earth and examined them that none of the three were right. And so they came up with the, the current one, which is that the moon has been formed by a giant impact between an object about the size of Mars when the Earth was still a, apparently a molten blob very early on in its evolutionary history. But even that doesn't work because there's a whole bunch of problems, uh, like, for instance, why is there only one moon and not several, like there are around other planets in our solar system? And the orbit's all wrong, and the material on the moon should be rather like that impactor, which is called fear, but it's not. And so, uh, yeah, it's, in other words, it's, it's too much like the Earth's um, you know, geochemical properties. So there's a whole bunch of problems with it, to the point where one of the world's leading planetary scientists actually said, since there are no good explanations, the best explanation is that the moon is an illusion. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty amazing. So you've got one of the world's leading planetary scientists who's got you know, we have no idea how the moon made itself. And the reason is, of course, it didn't. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, think uh, that's, I think that's a great admission. I think it's a very humble admission on his part as an, an evolutionist to actually say, look, we don't know. Uh, because too, right. often, too, right. too often scientists from, you know, whatever persuasion they come, come from are just unprepared to say, we don't know. 
Uh, whereas that, you know, if you come from an evolutionary perspective, that is the actual reality. You don't know. That's right. That there are, the evolutionary model fails to explain so much of the world around us. And it fails, Lyle, because we know from God's word that God created the heavens and the earth. And in Genesis, it tells us that he did it in six ordinary length days, just like the days that we experience now. And it was on the fourth day, the Bible says, that God made two great lights, the greater lights to govern the day and the lesser lights to govern the night. You know, it's interesting, it doesn't even give them names. Uh, you know, I think the Lord recognized that, uh, obviously, um, that in the future, mankind would uh, have a tendency to want to worship the sun and the moon. So he makes them in the middle of the creation week, so they're not very important. They didn't start it and they didn't end it. And he doesn't even give them names. They're just big lights and little lights is all he calls them. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. It's a uh, an, an interesting approach to it. I remember, you know, back in the day, there used to be the conspiracy theory going around that you know human beings hadn't been to the moon. And of course, my argument that I always threw back at them was that you know those you know the the, the missions to the moon were, were were based on an evolutionary model and were proven wrong by their discoveries on the moon. Therefore, I'm pretty convinced they went there. Oh yes, they certainly went there. They wouldn't have walked away from their views otherwise, would they? No, that's right. And uh, I, I worked in the aerospace industry, Lyle, for about thirty or so years, and, and uh, was involved in astronomy before that. And I well uh, know the equipment and the facilities that were used here in Australia during those uh, those moonwalks, and it was very, very real, and it definitely happened. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. Absolutely. But, you know, the moon is a, is a fascinating example of God's creative genius because the moon is what causes tides on our Earth. And the tides flush the coastal waters to make sure they've got plenty of oxygen and that life thrives. Otherwise, the coastal areas would be just stagnant and, and you know, they'd be unsuitable for use or for life, rather. But if the moon was too close to us, then the tides would be huge and they would be destructive on the coast twice a day. If the moon was too far away, then they, it wouldn't be sufficient and you wouldn't get life thriving on, in the coastal areas. So what you see is a beautiful balance. Um, it, it's, uh, the moon is actually very large compared to the Earth. It's about 180th of the Earth's mass. But every other moon in our solar system is tiny compared to the planet that it orbits. So it's just like nothing else in our solar system. It has all the fingerprints of God's a brilliant design. So when we look at it, we see there's obviously a designer behind this universe in which we live. If we had more than one moon, would that also, you know, cause a problem where we wouldn't have, you know, what what, what effectively operates as a giant pump to create ocean currents so that our oceans don't stagnate and just die? If we had more than one moon like other planets, would, would that cause... You know, would, would that mess with our, our, our oh, it'd be tides different. and currents? I mean, yeah, it, it would depend on what the, the nature of that, that moon system was like. But you certainly wouldn't have regular, consistent patterns of tides like we do now. So it would play havoc with uh, our coastal regions. But the other interesting thing about the moon is that it's actually moving further and further away from us very slowly. When the Apollo missions were on the moon, they left little corner reflectors there. These are like the the cat's eyes that are on the roadway as you drive along your headlights, uh, the light from the reflects back into your eyes so you can see the road lines clearly. Um, and these little cat's eyes, are on, or corner reflectors as they're called, 
um, are used to reflect laser beams back to the Earth. So scientists can measure the distance between us and the Earth, uh, and the Moon, sorry, with great precision. And it turns out the Moon is slipping further and further away at the rate of about four centimetres every year. Now, that's not very much, and you think, yeah, gee, so what? But it's interesting. If you wind that process backwards, you discover that the Earth-Moon system could not possibly be four and a half billion years old, which is what we are told in our science curricula and so on. That's the you know the evolutionary age of the Earth-Moon system, um, and that's a big problem. And it's uh, it's only about a third of it, a bit over a billion years, if you do that calculation. So what we can observe doesn't fit with the evolutionary model that, if you think about it, really just seeks to explain the universe without God. So it's kind of like atheism in disguise, if you will. Yeah, so if the, if the moon is moving away at that particular speed and, you know, then obviously well within the, as you mentioned, well within the evolutionary time frame, it would have been a part of this Earth. Um, yeah. How, how, long does it, how long before it moves so far away that it does become a problem for this planet? Is that something that this planet would face in the future? Oh, it's an, an enormously long time, an enormously long time. Uh, in fact, in the history of the universe to date, according to the Bible, which is only a matter of a few thousand years, the moon has probably only moved less than a kilometre from its, in its distance uh, away from us, which is completely insignificant. So you'd have to go for billions of years into the future before it's going to be a significant issue. But the problem is you can't go billions of years back in the past because the Earth-Moon system would have destroyed itself. So it's an interesting age-limiting factor. It also, by the way, causes the Earth's spin rate to slow down. So as the Earth slows down, energy is transferred to the moon, which is what's making it move further and further away. And if you look at the spin rate of the Earth and the rate at which it's slowing down, it also can't have been here for four and a half billion years. So everywhere you look, you find this real problem with uh, the evolutionary model. The observations we make in the world around us simply don't support what people believe. And I guess that's really the crunch because people try to believe that the universe came without God because they want to get rid of God. So, as I said before, it's really atheism in disguise. But the other thing which I think is important, Lyle, is that the, the models that put millions and millions of years into the age of the Earth always place death and suffering in this world before Adam and Eve even appear. Mm. And that means there's no real reason for Jesus you have gone to the cross for us. Yeah, Bible absolutely. And, it becomes, and God becomes yeah. a God who creates. His, his means of creation then becomes death. If, if, if God yeah. exists and evolution exists as well, then God's means of creation is death. Death is not the enemy. Then death is the, is, is the means by which God has made everything. We wouldn't yeah. call death the enemy. We, we would say death is the best thing that's ever happened because it creates right. natural selection. Yep, yep. And so that, that says that God can't be a good God. But, you know, so God creates a world full of suffering and death just to watch us live and suffer and then die. I mean, man, what does that say about his character? But he's not like that. He's a compassionate, merciful, loving, kind God. He's, he is good in every respect. So that's the amazing thing that, you know, he sent his son to pay the price for us. And the price was death because Adam brought death into the world. It wasn't there before. And there's, there's your problem with the evolutionary story because it really undercuts the gospel. It does. So when, we, when we look up at the moon, you know, we see 
testimony of the truth of God's word. Yeah, and the Bible says that. You know, the Bible speaks about the moon and, and speaks about the moon as, as as a testimony of the power of God. And mm, I, I guess, is. I guess, uh, I guess now with modern science, we can learn more and more and more about how much it does testify to the power of God and you know his his creative ability. When- Absolutely. In fact, as every day passes, I just love the new discoveries they make because they all point to the truth of God's word and what a glorious God we have. I think that's a really important point for a creationist too because so often I think that there is an impression amongst people who are evolutionists that we are somehow afraid of new discovery. Whereas oh, I've never, not. I've never discovered a, a creationist who isn't, a, who is afraid of new discovery. No, because we know that we stand on the truth of the Word of God, and uh, it was a created universe. So everything that is discovered will continue to affirm that. And in fact, evolutionist has to, in a lot of cases, has to force fit his model into into what they observe and to make constant modifications to the theory to make it fit. Uh, and, and really, when you look into astronomy, you discover that there are so many conflicts, even to the point where one scientist said, one astronomer said, you know, we have to start again with models of planetary formation because all our theories fail as we discover more and more planets orbiting other stars. So, you know, I, I just, uh, I praise God when I hear those things because I see confirmation of his creative handiwork uh, and that and then means, of course, his great love for us. And I think that's another the great thing about creation is it allows us to have that humility to be able to accept how little we actually know because, mm. you know, when we stand back and we say, okay, I'm a creationist, I believe in God, I believe that there is a God out there who is, you know, infinite in power, infinite in love, infinite in his creative ability, then my expectation is going to be that I'm not going to understand a whole lot of, you know, things that are going – yeah. You know, and so I'm not going to try and have to have an explanation for everything all the time that then, of course, I have to rescind at a future time when I find out that, well, actually the evidence doesn't support that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But that's at the right. same time, it drives us to study more, to learn more, because by learning more about the natural world in which we find ourselves, we're actually learning more about God and, and his power. And we give glory to God in the process. Yes. Because he made it possible for us to discover the wonders of his creation. It says in the Proverbs somewhere, it's the glory of kings to conceal a matter. Uh, oh, God, sorry, to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search a matter out. And uh, as members of his royal family, we have that wonderful opportunity of discovering God's greatness in creation by using science. So creationists are definitely not anti-science, as you point out. We love it, and we just love the findings that are made when we look at the world around us. Yes, in fact, I find the evolutionary concept of you know only studying the natural world by those things that we can observe right now as being very limiting, which of course you know boxes them into coming up with conclusions that uh, that so often don't work. Dr. Mark Harwood, thank you so much for joining us here on Faith FM this morning. Very quickly before we go, how do we interact with uh, Creation Ministries? Uh, best way is to jump onto our website at creation.com. There's a wonderful search window there that gives you access to over 12,000 different articles and items of interest that are all there to encourage people in their faith. 
that they can have confidence in the Word of God right from the very beginning. Creation.com is the place to go. Thank you. That is creation.com. That was Dr. Mark Harwood. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.